0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back. It's Marie with Swipe in the City.
1: Hey y'all, it's Brooke here
0: again. <laughs>
1: Sound alive. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, today we're talking about communication and sex, which is something that I think is super fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that kind of makes sense given, you know, your line of work. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't met Brooke yet, uh, listen to last week's episode. And But I mean, I guess you can give your credentials anyways for those of you. Those who might have missed it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So i um, finishing up um, grad school to become a therapist this summer. Super excited. Light at the end of the freaking tunnel. It <laughs> felt like a really long journey. So ready to not be in school. I love to learn. I love to go to like workshops and stuff like that. But I hate homework. Don't want to write another essay for a very long time.
0: And school is different than like going to a workshop or like listening to a self help book or like yeah. whatever. It's just like, it's so much more, well, duh, it's more structured. <laughs> there's more responsibility. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to like
1: uh, perform in it, and I hate that. Um, and I just think, you know, I have so much fun talking to my friends about, um, and, and learning from them about their knowledge, their experience, having my friends push my ideas, take it to the next level. And I also just, like, love, like, the spirit of, like, sharing knowledge. Like, Mm -hmm. I love, like, coming up to a friend and being like, oh, my God, I learned about (laughs) this really cool thing I really want to tell somebody. (laughs) Um, And I'm getting lost in that. So it's so much fun. And so I'm really excited to hear your ideas on this topic. Um, Yeah. So uh, not fully licensed yet. I'll be taking the... um, exam and all that and applying at the end of the summer but also oh, that's pursuing so exciting! I know I'm so scared I took a practice test <laughs> it was like oh my goodness okay <laughs> um but yeah pursuing sex therapy that's what I'm doing my internship in pursuing a sexual a certified sexual therapy license so, basically, just get to talk about sex all day, which is amazing, unless I'm asked to learn.
0: Sounds absolutely terrible. <laughs> not like anything I would ever want to do in my entire life.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I think this not when people, like, explore themselves and feel,
0: like, liberated. I hate that. <laughs> what are some of, to just dive in, what are some of the most, like, common questions that you get from people Uh, kind of surrounding, like, how do I tell my partner? Like, how do I talk to my partner about this?
1: Yeah, I think with sex communication and just about, honestly, like, any, like, sexual-related question is people just want to know, like, am I okay? Oh, Am I normal? Is this – does this make me weird? Mm. And I think that's just, like, um, a testament to, I guess – how little sex education that we have. I think that pe- yeah. people are so often um, looking through the lens of their own sexual experiences and their own sexual values and, and to compare or kind of assess something yeah. that they encounter that they're maybe a little less familiar with. And I think that's kind of the issue. And people just want to be accepted and know
0: that they're okay. Yeah. I mean – I remember, like, having sex ed in high school, which was really just kind of like, okay, this is what a uterus is, and this Mm -hmm. is what a penis is, and, you know, like, the classic mean girls, like, use a condom, Mm -hmm. Um, and I was actually thinking about this. My mom never, a lot of people, their parents give them, like, the top, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's this fucking ominous thing. My mom never gave me the top. At least not to my recollection, so it would in which case it wouldn't happen like to where I was like old enough to really remember, which doesn't make any sense, so I don't think she did. Yeah. Um my father got the talk. Um it was a little too late, but uh <laughs> I never got the talk. Did you ever get the talk? Um,
1: no. I got <gasps> my um when I was 16, I discovered <laughs> I had a sex drive. Oh, I think that's when a lot of us discover that I didn't really know what was, these feelings were going on no one talked to me and then I I had my first boyfriend and we were exploring for the first time and I was like this is great <laughs> all this stuff so we have this fun idea, uh, you know, of course I take him, you know, um, home like every day after school pretty much. And one day we thought it would be a really fun game. Let's have sex in every room of the house on every surface that we can. <laughs> Obviously, my parents' bedroom had to be a destination. And luckily I got the little inkling of got that backup feeling around that time. I locked my parents' door when the door was open. My dad came and knocked on the door about five minutes later. Oh, my God. And I remember that night at dinner, my mom was out of town, and he was just like, oh, he's like, I don't want to think about my 16-year-old daughter having sex. (laughs) He's like, but if you are, I want you on birth control. So I got that. And then I didn't really get a talk from my parents, but I remember, like, trying. I was really close to my mom uh, growing up, and I remember um, asking her for, like, boy advice or something like Mm. that and i thought that i could tell her anything and so i think i had told her that i had like hooked up with several different guys and was kind of trying to like navigate maybe feelings about them or something like that i don't really remember but i remember what she said she goes brooke that's Mm. that's slutty behavior that's slutty like she literally said that to me and so it's like okay well when you grow up in a house where and i think for many Americans, if not the majority, like, that's not something, sex is not something that is talked about in our culture, and it's not talked about with our teens and kids. Very hush-hush. Yeah, and so if it's not okay to talk about, if you need to talk about, there must be kind of something wrong with with you, or wrong with it, and you Mm -hmm. internalize
0: about yourself, like, personally. And it's so easy to do. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, the closest thing that my mom did get to, as far as a sex talk with me, was we were watching Gilmore Girls. Have you have you watched the whole series? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you know the scene where uh, Rory the, Rory's dating Jess at mm-hmm. this point in high school, and uh, they're, you know, caught making out all over Stars mm-hmm. Hollow, and so her mom sits down, she's like, yeah, well, like, will you tell me, or whatever, something like that, and where I was like, yeah, like I'm thinking about college and I'm not, I'm not interested, blah, 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 blah. And then later she was like, I'm actually thinking about it. And my mom turns, my mom's watching with me and she turns to me and she goes, have you had sex? <laughs> and at the time I was, uh, I was in a serious relationship with uh, the guy that I, then, I dated uh, end of high school, into college. And so I felt like it was a safe place to say yes. Yeah. Like we'd been together for a long time at that point. Mm -hmm. She loved him, whatever. If I'd been, I mean, if it had been the way I lost my virginity, which was um, casual sex, basically, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have been comfortable being as honest. And I wasn't comfortable even being honest. But Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, yes. And she was like, okay, you're going on the pill. <laughs> no. That's it. You're going on the pill, and I was like, "Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's it. Yeah,
1: that's it. Very matter of fact." And then like, "Okay, there's no room to talk about this. Two yeah, questions.
0: I think." And that, like my mm-hmm. my mom always. I I grew up like in a very like not like super super religious house, but like my mom was a pastor's kid. Like, so religion plays a role in that too, which like we all know for the most part is very like let's like this isn't a thing basically it's how we all come to exist but let's not talk about it (laughs)
1: yeah yeah and I, I think a lot of parents just don't know how um and you know this is something that I just I would like to see change hopefully within our lifetime and at least in American culture um what's so wild so back in college at my gap um <laughs> I had the opportunity to go to Sweden to visit with this mm. um, organization that teaches sex ed basically to kids who are about kindergarten age all the way through I think it was high school hmm. and so they are showing me some of the videos and kindergarten some is young yes it is oh that would not fly here oh absolutely not yeah especially with the don't say gay yeah. and all this stuff but you know it's done in an age-appropriate way so and I am some like I think this is something that I firmly believe in also I think the mistake that so many parents um, make is they want their kids to be able to tell them anything so that they can help them and they say this oh you can tell me anything mm-hmm. but what yeah. happens when the kid comes to them and they're in trouble oh why are you so stupid this was such a mistake I
0: you're make- in trouble you're grounded I, I know, yeah, exactly about-
1: okay well what's the kid's response oh I'm never coming to them again with somebody right. and then you're not there for your kids when you need them to be when, right. you, when you need to be um, so I think these conversations can happen on age appropriate levels Um, If people are looking for resources, um, someone who goes by the name of Jet Setting Jasmine and also King Noir um, are great great resources. Um, Jet Setting Jasmine is somebody who is um, a licensed therapist, she's also a porn star, her and her, Good for her. life partner, King Noir, they own um, Royal Fetish Films, a little plug for them, um, and so they kind of do both, and they're very open about it. I went to a workshop with them on uh, sex positive parenting, cool. and basically, like, kind of some of the stuff they've talked to, and I think this organization in Sweden also have common, is what can you teach children in a way like it's not appropriate to talk to five-year-olds right really about sex it's not yeah. it's not appropriate to um advocate that teenagers are watching porn it's for people who are 18 and plus for a reason mm-hmm. so and and not to kind of be like you know all, all of these things right but what is appropriate is when kids are little to teach them body autonomy hmm. so example i gave was like when you know maybe they get a bug bite on their back or something like that and they're a little kid they say mom like my back is really itchy whatever instead of just pulling them over and pulling their shirt up and taking a look at whatever rash or bug bite it could be saying okay like would you like me to look at it
0: oh interesting yeah
1: okay and they say yes yeah. so you know okay well, do do is it okay if i lift up your shirt to, mm-hmm. to look at it okay you know or if uh, you know Aunt Sue calls on the phone and says, "Oh, Aunt Sue really wants to talk to you. Um, are you in the? Are you? Do you want to talk to Aunt Sue? Are you in a mood to do that? Okay. No. Oh, is this a good time for you? No, I'm kind of tired. Uh-huh. I'm kind of tired. I, I really just wanna. I want to play outside, right? I want to stop. I need to take a nap. Yeah. Okay. When? When do you think might be a good time to talk to her on the phone? So. Yeah. Just teaching them that they have that control. Have a voice. Yeah, have that voice. And that's something that's appropriate to teach a five-year-old, to teach a three-year-old. Yeah. Nobody
0: talks to kids like that. I mean, that's talking to a kid the way that you talk to an adult.
1: Yeah, with respect and understanding for their own internal experience and teaching them that they have that power and autonomy even as a a small child. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Wild. So... Back to adults, though, I think, right? <laughs> um, I think, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit of, you know, people have a question, like, am I normal? Is this healthy? Yeah. Um, and that can be so difficult. I'd like to give people, if I can, maybe just um, some things that they can kind of Run through as like a filter, maybe but, for how they can like decide and ask the question, Is this healthy as opposed to is it normal? Because, like, I was having this uh thought on the way over here of like the other night, this was not a sober idea, but, <laughs> like, but I was like, I don't know why this came to me, nothing like triggered it. Uh, I was like, What is that old 2000 songs, so The First Cut is the Deepest? What the fuck does that mean? and I say. <laughs> And I was cracking up about it, and I was like, I don't know what the, the rest of The lyric.
0: is the deepest. Is it about
1: first love? I, I don't remember that song, but I don't know why that came to me in my state of mind. <laughs> I and I bring that up because I actually Googled it, and guess what? Like, the algorithm was able to guess, you know, of like, of what I wanted to ask, which means someone's fucking thought about that, too. Which, true, the, true. the, reason, the reason why I uh, bring that up is because I think that, we think we're weird for maybe having certain sexual interests or wanting to communicate that with a partner. Mm -hmm. But the truth is if you have thought about it before, statistically speaking, there are, people out there in the world who also have that interest mm. who have also thought about it who have also googled what the hell this first cut is the deepest me yeah um, yeah which is like a stupid example but if you think about that kind of as, like, as a metaphor like the fact that i could think about that google knew what i wanted to ask mm-hmm.
0: and okay, that means other people are asking the same question <laughs> well literally i was just telling my team about this um yet like yesterday um we have different like group channels through different departments mm-hmm. um different ways to, or different places to ask different questions. Mm. Um, and a lot of them come directly to me. I I had no less than 20 notifications at any given point yesterday on Slack. Mm. So, like, I can't, it's, like, almost impossible for me to get to everything like in a timely manner that's going to be helpful. So, like, I'm always encouraging them, like, put these in, like, the team chat, put these in our department chat. Um, these are where you should put those. And I'm like, and odds are, if you do a quick search in Slack before you even ask the question, somebody's already asked it because, like, I mean, no offense, it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't say quite like that, but, like, it, it, it translates everywhere, right? Like, you're not – there's other people that are probably thinking the same thing. Like, you're probably not as unique or weird as you think you are.
1: Yeah. Which and is in a good way. Yeah. And, like, you uh, bring up a lot of good points, like, through that example, too, is – I think it really when you think of it in these other like non-sexual examples of how it's not weird in these other scenarios and mm-hmm. you can think about it metaphorically, it really is just is like, Oh, yeah, so I'm building this up in my head. Also, I think you know the fear or hesitation to communicate something is we think maybe we might be the only one. Right, exactly. And kind of knowing that other people feel the same way, I think just, like, takes a lot of those, like, anxiety-bubbling, like, thoughts and kind of, um, they have, like, less power over you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think, like, finding community is so important, um, and when we can, like, find other people who have the same interests that we do, we feel so much less alone. I know. Yeah. Um, I went to, um, a tantra, a w- women's tantra, um, weekend workshop a couple of, several years ago. And, you know, I, I was carrying around a lot of, like, darkness at the time of just, mm. like, bad sexual experiences I think that I had had. And I wasn't talking about it. I was much younger. I was like probably halfway through college at this point. And I just I we started talking about these other women's experiences, I was like, oh my God. I just immediately felt like I could breathe. So I urge mm-hmm. people that if you're having these I think be wary of the internet. I think hmm. going on Reddit is something uh, a lot of people do, but when you're looking for something that's uh, Science space Reddit is not the place to go.
0: <laughs> Shocker. Like, yeah,
1: you need to here. Well, I and I say this yeah. just because
0: um, because people do
1: because people do, and I've had conversations with people who think that they might have a sexual problem because someone on Reddit said that there's something
0: wrong with something. That's fucked. With, like, where would you suggest somebody goes instead? Uh, like you mentioned, uh, like tincture workshop.
1: Yeah. Where does
0: somebody find stuff like that?
1: Or find like communities, maybe. Yeah. Um,
0: Outside I, of Reddit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think just to see if there's other people like you, um, like Fet Life is something that you can go on, and it kind of works like Facebook in the sense that there's like pages for different sexual interests. Hmm. Set so
0: as in F E T E?
1: F E T Life.com. F E T. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like Fetish Life.
0: So, oh, I was thinking Fet, the French word for party.
1: Uh, <laughs> I like that. It's which just, has a
0: little uh, hat over the first. Yeah,
1: movie. I like that. No, you're a little stills. Why not both, right? <laughs> so that's a good place to go. I think, um, you know, just reading books. Um, there's a book called um, How to Play Well with Others, which is a really great BDSM, Kink 101. It has a great glossary of terms in the background, how to get into the community. Um, I think no in if you're in Austin Texas <laughs> Charlie's is a very safe Dang. queer space where you're gonna find people that are really loving I think yeah
0: um yeah yeah well and I mean right now it seems like we're kind of well more generally talking about uh, Communication around sex, you bring up, you know, the queer community too, and that opens up a whole another can of worms. We could probably do a whole episode on that.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think like um, in terms of finding community and kind of sussing out the people in your life and whether they might be a safe person to talk to mm. without exposing yourself when it's something really vulnerable. I think there's uh, some ways that you can do that. So one way is to. Talk about, maybe it's an article or a movie or something in media that you've seen that has that sexual interest or orientation, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be, and just bring it up in conversation in a neutral way, just something that you came across.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And then see how someone reacts and kind of go off of their body language, what they might say. Yeah. And that's kind of a good way to see where someone stands on
0: a certain point of view and whether they might not. Whether they might be a safe person to talk to. Yeah, well, that's a, a a good way to kind of bring up like anything that you want to talk about, in, well, anything, but like I'm like in a in a relationship, especially, you know, it's like <laughs> that. I mean, you know, you've been yeah. watching The Bachelor with, with yeah. Andrew and I, like the number of times that something has happened. We're just rewatching all of Bachelor in Paradise and <laughs> the most recent season, and aside from being in love with grocery store gel <laughs> um, you know it brings up different things that like it makes it easier to talk about x y or z because it's happening on screen um, like I think you mentioned this when we first kind of like we're spitballing here uh, like toes like when she was uh, um, what's her face uh, Marissa and Riley had like the whipped cream on the beach and she like was sucking it off of his toes <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, and just kind of, yeah, and that's a great segue. So whether that's your sexual interest or not, that you're curious that your partner, how they would feel about it, mm-hmm. that's a great segue to be like, oh, you know, what do you think? What about other sexual interests? Yeah. Maybe.
0: Like food play. Yeah. Cons- Where do we take
1: that? Considered not normative. Like, yeah. what would you think about this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm part of why I love this topic so much, I think, is because Communicating about sex can be so much fun and a great part of a romantic relationship. It's great foreplay. Something that I love doing is just talking about sexual fantasies or something that you saw was sexy Mm. in your life, whether it's on porn or whether it's on movies or whatever is mine. And talking about that with your partner, even if it's not even something that you want to do. Um, And that brings the question, there's something that's a difference between fantasy and desire. Fantasy is just a mental oh. picture that turns you on. Desire is something that you want to do in your real life. So, for example, I thought about how it would be hot to do, um,
0: you know, something
1: in particular and talked about it with my partner and kind of almost like planning it out. Like, oh, what would it be like? How do, mm. I imagine, how do I imagine it happening? How do you imagine that is it happening? Fun. And Even if you never plan on even doing it, it's going to be just so fun. Yeah. Um, It's a great way to, like, build sexual tension. And so I think it just adds so much joy. And also, people are not mind readers. And I think people are worried that if they talk during sex or they say what they want, it's going to be awkward.
0: But the thing
1: is, it's a part of sex, responsible sex, pleasure-oriented sex, is part of consent, is knowing what you want and being able to ask for it and yeah for your partner the same you can trust them that they're going to speak up and they can trust you that you're able to speak up if there's some kind of power dynamic where you feel uncomfortable doing that then that's i think something to talk about
0: yeah um ironically (laughs) what um shoot i lost my train of thought there but um So do you hear, like, just the kind of, like, oh, how do I make it not awkward? And that's – is that what you suggest to, you know, people that you speak with? Or is there anything else that would kind of tie into that? Like, how do you yourself – or how do you advise somebody to kind of, like, take themselves out of it and maybe feel less awkward? That didn't make sense as a question. Feel –
1: yeah, feel less awkward. Well, I think um, the first thing comes to mind is what makes it feel awkward. Um, and I think that some of that is related to goal-based versus, versus pleasure-based sex as a model. Mm-hmm. Um, and also remind me to go back to the sexual
0: principles of sexual,
1: the principles of sexual health. Eventually. Yeah. Okay.
0: We'll, we'll talk, yes. we'll, we'll talk about, we'll get more into consent and dive into right, that. right sure. thing. Um, And then also, where, like, how do you know what you want? Like, if you don't, especially maybe somebody who's not as experienced. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, I I probably shouldn't be as surprised when I meet somebody who's, like, in their late 20s, early 30s, and they've never had an orgasm, or they've had, like, one orgasm. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you advise somebody to kind of figure that out?
1: Okay, yeah, so many things here. So All the things. So, okay, if someone doesn't know what they want... Um, and they haven't had, you know, an orgasm before. I think difficulty with orgasm comes from so many things. It obviously depends on the person's situation, but one thing I think that is just so critical that keeps people from having an orgasm is thinking about having an orgasm. 100%.
0: Why why is it
1: taking so long? Why is this hard for me? And that comes from... Just the results of a culture based in performance-based sex Mm. are goal-oriented sex, which means that, and this is so true of straight sex, I think when it comes to queer sex, you already have subverted a social norm, so I think to some extent for that community, um, while they definitely, you know why people still are faced with that, it's easier, I or I don't want to say it easier and speak for someone else's experience, but it's different to make that jump to subvert, to continue mm. subverting in other ways when your identity does it from the get go. But with, especially with straight sex, right? It's a script of there's kissing, then there's a little like dry humping, close them off, blowjob, you might get head for two seconds, and then uh, penetrating sex. And yeah. that's the star of the show. There has to be ejaculation, there has to be orgasm. Um, Men the situation needs to be dominant, take initiative, do all of those things. Um, and so there's a pressure to I think um, the
0: original question was like how do I know? How, how do I how do I find out what like,
1: how how I like? How do you find out what you like? Yeah. So um I think that there needs to be a comfort with that it's okay to not know, and mm-hmm. a comfort with the reason why you're there. So, the reason why you're there is not so you can have an orgasm, it's not so there's ejaculation. Those things are nice, those things are mm-hmm. a bonus, but um, you're there with your partner to connect. And I think when you can come from this pleasure based mm-hmm. model, Um where penetration is not the star of the show, then yeah, you create a dynamic in sex where that's even possible. Because when you think about why am I not having an orgasm, you're taking yourself out of your body um and into your mind. And when you're in your mind, you have anxiety, you your body is shutting down, so you are less able your body's not fully capable of feeling the full sensation that you would be capable of feeling otherwise if you Mm -hmm. were in your body yeah and so focusing on what am i feeling when my partner is uh pleasuring me attempting to pleasure me paying attention to and when you're having these anxious thoughts it's kind of like the way that you approach mindfulness or that you approach meditation You kind of bring yourself back, right? When you notice you're having thoughts in meditation, you bring yourself back to whatever your mantra is and you repeat it. So when you notice yourself, you're drifting to, I'm stressed, what's happening, I don't know what to ask for, to bring yourself back to your body and say, what am I feeling? What's the pressure like? What is the temperature? Yeah. You know, what are they doing? And kind of be making, almost like you're making observation notes, you know, like, when you're in middle school, they teach you the difference between like fact and, like, fact <laughs> and opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. So what are the facts of what are happening? Be an observer, be an explorer, be a scientist, um, and kind of just focus on the sensations. And the more that like, you focus on engaging all, what are all five of my senses kind of experiencing, mm-hmm. you're becoming more and more present. And the thoughts of why I'm not having an orgasm, um, melt away. and You're more able to feel the sensation over time. Also, you know, with women at least, um, on average, it takes 30 minutes for our prefrontal cortex to shut off. That's the part... Really? Where, yes. So Interesting. So, evolutionarily speaking, this was so we could get away, right? <laughs> the per- I, and that's really sad. Yeah. But it's a trait that's there. So, to be able to... Interesting. To, and our prefrontal cortex, of course, is our rational thinking, ability to make decisions, uh, kind of like... Yeah, that super cog- cognitive aware kind of like processes that happen in our brain. Mm-hmm. So for us to be able to relax and get into our body, it takes on average 30 minutes, huh. give or take. So I guess the last way I would just answer that question is, you know, as we were talking about consent early- earlier, it's our ability to know what we want and be able to ask for it. If you don't know, Yes, go into your body. And I think having a partner who's paying attention to your responses mm-hmm. and is also willing to be playful. If they're doing something and not getting a response, how can they, like if they're giving you – Not getting like, a butt hurt. Yeah, not get butt hurt. Mm-hmm. And also, like if they're giving you a head, just try something different. Have mm-hmm. fun with it. Enjoy what you're doing. Be playful. Oh, I'm looking up and down. Okay, what if I do circles? Okay, what if I puck up? Tucker up my lips and you know kind of move them lightly all over the vulva. What happens then? Assess the responses. What if I give more pressure? What if I change up the speed? And have fun yeah. exploring. And I think if you don't know what you want, also spend more time with yourself. Um, Omg, yes, is still running as uh, a website that I discovered in college. It teaches women how to pleasure themselves. Mm. Uh, different posts they have it's kind of like the google map street view of like vulvas that (laughs) have someone demonstrate that's a wild it's so wild how they personally get off and they'll describe it then they have a video of them actually simulating their vulva or vagina um and doing it and then they have like a street view where you like move your mouse and do what they kind of have instructed you to do to kind of practice Hmm. they talk to you about different techniques like edging and stuff like that that's good Um, I've also heard of something called finishing school, although I've not looked it up myself yet, so you'd have to Google that. Um, I think exploring with yourself.
0: Sorry. Thank you
1: for coming. (laughs) That's how I fully answer that question. Well,
0: I mean, and it sounds a lot, I mean, you meant, you compared it to meditating. I mean, it, it sounds very much like almost like this pleasurable meditation. I think I'd rather have sex than (laughs) meditate personally. Yeah. but um I think that makes a lot of sense I know I remember just like thinking back on my friends um I think in her mid 20s had asked me um because i I don't know we were talking about sex in some way shape or form and I was talking about how like whatever I came so hard something stupid and she's like I've never had an orgasm. Mm-hmm. and she's like how do you do that and I was like I mean I don't know how to explain it um I feel like I've always been, like, open to, you know, masturbating and all of that kind of stuff. So I was able to kind of, like, Mm -hmm. almost learn whatever my own body. And I think that even though I didn't really fully know how to articulate that, I think I've always, in the back of my head, known that that's, like, really important. Um, And then, obviously, I mean, I think it's, it's a secret and not a secret at the same time when it comes to your, like, Anxiety and like kind of mental state and the way that that influences how you have how much you enjoy sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, there's there's so many mental blocks. Whether it's like external things too, like depression and where that comes in. Um, so I mean, I think all of what you're saying just makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Long-winded explanation. Yeah, so. no, same <laughs> you're right. Same,
1: same here, and I think that like there can be so many reasons to have sex. And I think also just making it okay that that doesn't have to happen to t- take that off the table. Yeah. The point of why you're having sex could be a lot of things to emotionally connect with your partner because you're bored, because you're stressed. <laughs> yeah. There's, I think people think that sex has to be this mind-blowing thing all the time. There's maintenance sex. Just, you know, when you feel like you're horny, you kind of just want you're to like relieve something. Off. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. And also like, um, you know, for someone who has never experienced an orgasm or really has a hard time, like doing it, if the goal is just to key into what you're experiencing. So if you feel numb and if you feel nothing, to just practice knowing what's happening in your body mm-hmm. as a step, and that's enough. Okay, I'm not feeling anything. Do I and and can it be about that emotional like connection can it be yeah. about connecting with a partner and that's okay and i think also just becoming more comfortable with yourself and if there's totally. other any fears about intimacy okay what's that about can
0: we explore that yeah totally i mean and you can def- i I've, I've enjoyed sex plenty without having an orgasm like there's it's it's thing I don't need to come every time I like to
1: but yeah. <laughs> it's a nice bonus right? it's a great
0: bonus it's a great bonus if you come multiple times yeah <laughs>
1: and I think when we have this per- like performance idea of we're responsible for our partner's pleasure and orgasm that's something we've been talking about a lot already that kind of creates anxiety mm-hmm. uh, but also I think something that performance-based sex teaches us is that we have to tolerate pain or discomfort mm. or something we don't like because we're responsible for our, our partner's pleasure and I think that for people that can be something that we struggle with when we haven't had an orgasm I think mm. because we're so worried especially women like about you know satisfying our partner. Yeah. And so, you know, that's not something that we ever have to tolerate. Um, and I think also that if there's something that we want, we're afraid to ask about it with performance based sex, that we kind of have this value that we must do something to earn our pleasure before we're allowed to experience it.
0: Hmm. Which I think is not true. Yeah, no, definitely.
1: Um, but when we focus on pleasure and we just focus on that physical sensation, Penetration doesn't have to be the star. Um, Sex includes all body parts. The prop sex is anything that is intended to be, like, sensual in nature or to give pleasure. So for some people, that might be kissing. Some people, that might be pouring hot wax on your body. be (laughs) All different kinds of things. And I think also something, if you have trouble with orgasm or getting in your body, um, is understanding there's different kinds of desire. And understanding that there's a difference between arousal and desire. Arousal are the physiological responses. Your nipples becoming hard, maybe your vagina becomes wet, things like that. In terms of like the wanting, yeah, is not there yet. And that this happens for people of all genders and sexes. Statistically, women experience this a little bit more, but doesn't mean I've definitely talked to men who experience this as well. is that it's kind of like if you think about going to the gym. Like, sometimes you don't want to go to the gym, but once you're there, you enjoy the workout, you get, yeah. you know, and you have fun, and you like it. So sometimes people's bodies need to wake up before they can experience the desire. Yeah. And so if you kind of have the faith or trust that that will happen once your body wakes up
0: mm-hmm. and
1: your body is experiencing some sexual stimulus that it will start to respond, it's okay if you're not there yet.
0: Yeah. No, I think, that, I think that makes a ton of sense. I feel like I can relate to that too. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, so especially, okay, I'm thinking specifically like when – when you get really stressed, and sometimes, sometimes I get really stressed, I don't know about you, and, like, I don't want anything to do with sex, like, I'm too anxious, mm-hmm. don't want to, like, whatever, um, sometimes that gets to a tipping point, and I, like, want to have sex, because, like, it, t- for that release that you talked about, <sighs> um, but, like, when I'm at that point, I'm, like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, but, like, I'm with somebody, and like, obviously they're not like pushing me it's not not consensual like but you know we're just kind of like fooling around and then it's like oh I didn't think I was gonna want to do this but I'm here and I'm happy like I want to do this Mm -hmm. um yeah I mean I can't relate to it as much as a workout but but you
1: know when was the last time I did that (laughs) You're bringing up the, kind of this idea of complicating consent, which I'm I'm for. Like, I think in this our culture, it's like it's becoming a little bit more mainstream to say it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Mm. And while I believe, like, you know, if there's ever co- coercion, consent is not freely given. That's obviously not consent. But I think that there are ways that you and we've already touched on this a little bit, but just add a little bit more nuance to it, kind of based on what you're saying, like something may not be your cup of tea or your partner's cup of tea, but you might be willing to try it because it turns you on to see your partner being pleasured by yourself. It turns yeah. you on to pleasure them. And if the door swings both ways and, you know, they're willing to give you the same thing or you're willing to give them the same thing, then I think that that's okay. That's an idea definitely that I, um, that's from Dan Savage. And then I <laughs> to look him up. He's super great for sex ed
0: stuff and sexual topics. Um, well, and you can give consent and not be, like, excited about something, you know, like, I mean, so I can understand where that comes from. One thing, like, since we're talking about it, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> speaking of The Bachelor, mm-hmm. Mike Johnson, yeah. um, I think he, like, said he's some kind of, like, certified sex something or other. Um, Was he? That's what he says. is certified in-
1: sex what?
0: Cer- I don't remember. Okay. Um I was listening to his podcast with Brian, that's his face, talking about, um, and and so he was talking about it, um, and he was talking about your, that when you're intoxicated, that you can't give consent, and I was curious about your thoughts on that, not to get down like a deep rabbit hole,
1: but... Yeah, so... I'm not, I'm going, yes, just, I'm going to be honest. That's what we should, that's what we're here for. So can you be a little tipsy and enjoy sexual experience? Can it get you out of your head? And can that be really fun, especially or, it's with a trusted partner? Yes. Now, what I will say is when substances are involved, you are taking a risk that someone's going to feel differently in the morning. Mm-hmm and regret it, feel violated, feel really uncomfortable. And so that is a risk that you
0: need to... As the non... Well, assuming you're not drunk or not intoxicated. Yeah,
1: or if you're deciding to, you know, do some recreational drug use or drink or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then you're doing this with someone that you're attracted to or think that like this could come up in a circumstance yeah i think that's something that you really need to discuss and be very careful with and i think you know there are definitely substances that you know might make somebody um feel like they're more interested when really they would have never agreed to that mm-hmm. um if they weren't sober now can you like is it possible to do stuff together? Have that be an enhancing experience to your sexual practice and have it be a positive thing? I also think that's possible. Yeah. Um, but knowing that person really talking about it and also like it's, a I, you know, there is always an element of risk that you're taking that someone can feel violated because they felt like, they wouldn't have done something or fully consented to that being sober so i think that that just can't be emphasized enough yeah but yes like um you know sex on psychedelics or or mall or your mdma or ketamine or whatever like that is something that it's a thing it's a thing, <laughs> it's a thing. you can talk about it um I didn't get to go to a workshop on it, but there was the past weekend workshop on sex on, cannabis, psychedelics, and and more. So um, it's complicated. I think it can be very – it can be something you
0: really – can be worried about. Something dangerous can definitely happen. Yeah. I like that. It was – well, it was interesting just the way that he had phrased it was, uh, like, more on the lines of, like, you should never – like, if you're with somebody and they're drunk, like, you shouldn't do anything with them. Um, or that that was, like, kind of, like, his personal belief, which is totally cool and very, very mm-hmm. respectful. I just thought it was very interesting because I'm like, oh, God, the number of times I've been
1: drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I was so like, oh, crap. Especially but, when it's, like, a person you don't know. Like, I wouldn't doubt Right, if right. There, if there's anything in your mind where you're having a voice inside your head, like, I'm I'm doubting uh, okay dumb yeah also i i think you know when it comes to other sexual um interests and in kind of trying something out like you know when someone for example like um in like king community you know when someone is in like subspace when they're being submissive and they're mm. kind of in a different sexual mind space to initiate something that you haven't talked about um that person because they're in subspace i you know is it really okay to kind of initiate something um, when they're in a kind of in a way like altered state of mind that you like haven't talked about or that they because they're kind of this like submissive headspace that they might agree to and it's not
0: something you fully negotiated and talked out. I mm-hmm. don't, you know, you have to talk about those things before. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, like, you wanna try to talk about that stuff before. What happens if, like, what do you think is the best way to get into that conversation? Say you're with your partner and you, uh, you know, are maybe sub and you are in this different headspace, you do something after you're not in that headspace anymore and you kind of think back on it, and like, actually, I, I didn't really like that. I don't really feel good about that behavior. What do you think is a really good way to approach that with your partner in a way that's like not, um, I guess, aggressive?
1: I think it's just to be honest and speak from a place of your feelings. Um, I think the way that you said that was great. And I think if you're the partner on the receiving end of that, something that, you know, I'm assuming this person didn't intend to hurt or harm that person. Hopefully. Um, So if that's the case, to say, oh my goodness, I am so. So, you know, incredibly sorry that this happened. Mm. I would never would ever intentionally harm you. I'm so sorry. What what do you need in this time at this moment? Mm. What do you need right now? How can I right. how can I take care of you? Do you need space? Would you like me to hug you? Can I make you a cup of tea? Yeah. Um, and I I think also uh, if you're trying something new, it, you know, it never hurts to have a plan after. You know, how are we going to communicate if something goes on during it? Are we going to use certain safe words or code words that might mean, hey, I need you to stop, and if I need you to stop, this is exactly how I would like you to take care of me, you know, mm. if I go to a, if something happens. Yeah. Um, so I, I think always speaking from a place of your feelings and your experience, you can never go – you can never go wrong. And no, I'm not speaking for the other person's experience. Yeah,
0: I think uh I think that's really good. Let's talk a little bit more too about since we're kind of touching touching on it a little bit, like trying new things, like talking to your partner about trying new things. Um mm-hmm. what did we say earlier? Don't knock until you try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um so you wanna try something new with your partner, how do you bring it up? You kind of said the media thing or something you brought up to kind of see how what they might feel um i think and that kind of doubles down on the dan savage kind of thought of like okay it will if you don't if you don't hate it and you don't feel coerced then if you want to like try it that's great um and i think it doesn't always have to be something that is such a like serious conversation, but mm-hmm. I also think it just like depends on your comfort level. Are you coming from a place of like a lot of fear and mm-hmm. tenderness? And if you're in a space of fear and tenderness, that's okay. I think you need to honor that you feel tender, you honor honor that you feel a little afraid, and that conversation might be a little bit more serious, and that's okay. But you know, I think you are gonna have to address whatever discomfort or tenderness is happening in order for anything to happen no matter what the sure. outcome is yeah so um that's definitely how i answer that question but also think that um if you don't have the same sexual interest or something is like coming up for you to kind of talk about what your partner likes about that idea mm. what what is a Appealing to them, what excites them about it? So asking questions. Yeah, like what does it give you? Because yeah. sometimes it's something like initially we wouldn't think we'd be interested, sometimes if we can understand why it turns on our partner, we can get behind it and that can be exciting or we can be more curious. Mm-hmm. Um but also especially for women, especially straight women, uh the sexual disgust kind of response lowers during sex. Mm-hmm. And so if you can kind of, in an outside space, of like, okay, I'm willing to try this um, and see what happens, you might surprise yourself. Um, I know for myself that we kind of talked about the toes example. The toes <laughs> example got me. I am <laughs> like, curious to hear of like anything that maybe you've ever tried also that kind of you were surprised about. But when I was doing my senior thesis, I was interviewing phone sex operators and I was talking to one. I don't know how we got on this topic. I love that. But he was like, so you might be surprised Brooke that you might like when someone sucks on your tops And I was just like, I'm no, I appreciate that. I really don't think I'm going to, uh, but okay. And then several years later was, uh, um, with a partner and, uh, they went, they went for it and my eyes, I think probably immediately, it felt so good. That's wild. I was so surprised. I was like, what is this feeling? And so if you're in a space where you're like, eh, I'm curious, Yeah. try it. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Personally, I think I have too much, um, like I'm too self-conscious when it comes to anything around my feet. So probably not something yeah. that I'll try, but I'm not, like, whatever. If anybody yeah. else, I'm like, cool, cool. It's not my, probably not my thing. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think of something that I've liked. I know there's things that I haven't liked.
1: Um, what, if, what have you not liked, and how did you handle
0: that in the moment? Um, I, not to get graphic, I guess, but, like, um, no. yeah, yeah. we're due, right? Um, anal rimming. I oh, got it. So I, like receiving, I, one of my exes was into it, which is cool. Um, and I was like, okay, I mean, I find it like whatever. I don't know. I've never really tried it enough. So if you want to try it, cool. Um, I don't really feel compelled to do it to you. Sorry. (laughs) Like I don't really, I'm a germaphobe. I'm a germaphobe. So that really freaks me out. Um, I don't mind anal sex, but like, don't put your mouth there. Um, and yeah, I think, well, and I think a lot of the reason too that I probably didn't enjoy it was because of that, like in the back, I couldn't get out of my head about it mm. that I was just kind of like, I was like, okay, when's it over? Like, yeah. <laughs> And, and like, I'm like, okay, cool. And you know, if you want to do, if that's something that turns them on, like, Cool. So I'll, I'll like, I'm not in any physical discomfort by them doing it if that's something that they enjoy. It's just not something that I enjoy.
1: Yeah, but you're okay if it gives them pleasure. Like, yeah. It doesn't make you uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm
0: just kind of like, all right.
1: Okay. Cool, I'll, like, play with myself
0: or something. <laughs> I'll, I'll do something else so that I'm enjoying something.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't cause,
0: like, discomfort or... No.
1: Okay, so, like... Wh- have you had to talk about that with a
0: partner? And if so, like, how did you handle it? i don't remember if we talked about it. Um, I think we probably did, like, a little bit afterwards, and I was just kind of like, yeah, it's fine. Like, <laughs> there was somebody else afterwards that uh, was talking about wanting to try it. And I was like, yeah, like, it's whatever. Like, if you want to do it, I'm cool with it. I'm just, I mean, I'm very blunt about it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, like freaking out um but they had asked me like directly
1: yeah okay that's really nice when partners are like super direct I think also on the other side of it right with kind of the script of needing to do things that cause you any kind of discomfort to give your partner pleasure because that performance-based like script I think so many of us come from it's also a choice if you're like you know, it makes me worry about. I just think about the germs the whole time, and it takes me out of a sexy mind, I yeah, have mind space. You know, I think maybe I'm not the person for you if this is something that you, you know, want. You like,
0: you need to be doing. Yeah, yeah, like, need
1: to be a big part of your sex life.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, there's E. coli. And <laughs> 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 I mean, not that like anything else is so much better. I mean, you yeah. know, there's germs everywhere, but yeah, no, there's just something about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm too. I'm too prone to like getting a UTI, too. So Mm I know. Always go from vaginal to anal, people.
1: Yeah. Go from anal to vaginal. Yep. Uh, you you know, BB and all that. Um. So, you know, I think that kind of brings a question of like, people sometimes hesitate to communicate about sex because they're like, what if my partner doesn't like the same thing that I like what Mm -hmm. if they what if what if they don't like it um and I think that um you know we kind of touched on some of this but just to like cover you know make make sure we cover kind of these points is one thing is like we were talking about before when we were brainstorming is you know have you ever wanted to like go do something on like a weekend plan and just like (laughs) not been into your friend's suggestion or they weren't into yours. Yeah. And, like, you laugh or you just tell them that you're in a different mood, right? And then the conversation moves on.
0: Yeah. Like, you don't need to do anything the same way that you don't need to go out with your friends if you don't want to go out with your friends. You don't need to do anything in the bedroom that you don't want to do in the bedroom. Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, I think there's a lot of people that don't uh, feel fully confident in that.
1: Yeah, and like, and it's it's. I mean, we have different interests and tastes, and you're not gonna line up one partner. It's not it's not possible to line up it's and that every single thing that they're gonna be able to provide everything that you need, or they're gonna you know all those things. But you know, I think you laugh and you, you move on, um, or you know, we've all like we shit when we drink too much coffee and they're like, oh, <laughs> like so hyper but like does that ruin a friendship or does that have too much alcohol no like you know you, you kind of you you giggle about it and that's yeah. and that's okay and giggles are fine googles are great
0: yeah um um are there like i mean we've kind of touched on like just some different combo starters um <laughs> One thing actually, uh, Andrew and I did last weekend, uh, I was cleaning up. Speaking of like just kind of mm-hmm. using things that you find in the real world as a conversation starter, I was cleaning up my phone because I'm really sick of the uh, iPhone notification that's yeah. like, you ran out of space in your iCloud. Oh, I'm like, just yeah. shut up. I'm not buying more. I'm annoyed with you. Um, but so I was trying to delete some of like my screenshots that I was going through specifically because mm-hmm. I, that's I feel like the quickest lift, yeah. right? So I'm scrolling through, and I find something from last year that I pulled from – it's called Sex with Emily is, like, the name of oh the – Oh, yeah, I heard Yeah, she, uh, she was on a podcast that I listened to, You Up, because um, I can't have an episode without mentioning them, <laughs> um, but I was listening to You Up. She was on there. She was talking about things. She has this – it's called, like, a yes, no, maybe list. Yeah. Um, and – I had screenshotted it and had it, like, in my folder. And I actually had it screenshotted with, like, what I had checked yes, no, and maybe for last year. Yeah. And so I was, like, we're sitting in our little tiny home uh, since we went out to mm-hmm. Dripping Springs. And I was, like, oh, like, we should do this. And, like, sent him, the app, like, the blank file. Mm-hmm. And then I filled it out again because I was, like, I wonder if anything's changed because I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Um. And, and it was a good, like, obviously she has that there as a conversation starter. It's a list of like all of these, honestly, some things that I didn't really know what they were and had to look them yeah. up, but like a list of all these different types of like kinks and like sexual type experiences that you can have. Um, And you give it a check mark if you are down, question mark if you're not sure, uh, and then just cross it out if it's no. Um, and so it was a cool, it was a cool, like kind of like little activity to do and like see like where we were aligned. And mm-hmm. I would say we, I, we're not like, we didn't get hundred percent, we're not aligned everywhere, but like definitely there was a lot of overlap, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Overlap. And you know, there's a couple things you're reminding me of when you're talking. One is there's a, this app that's free called Confessions X app. Um, and what's so great about it, it works kind of like Tinder with different sexual interests. You invite your partner, so you swipe right if you're interested in that sexual interest um, or desire, fantasy, and you swipe left. If not, your partner can only see what you've both swiped right on.
0: Oh, interesting. That's funny. So
1: it makes it easier, and I think, you know, in terms of communication, that definitely makes it easier, and... Um, one way about the maybe or the no, when you want to communicate about that, just as like a tip to slip in is a question you can ask your partner is, is this something that's okay that I ask you about at a later date to see if you feel differently? Mm. Cause that kind of prevents like if something's important to you, but you also don't want to be coercive to your partner yeah. and make them feel pressured. Like they have to say Yes. That's something that you can ask them if they're comfortable with. Is it okay if I bring this up at a later date to check in with you to see if it's changed?
0: Yeah. And getting their permission.
1: That's a good tip. I like that a lot. Um, Let's see. What else? Okay. There were a few um, other kind of conversation starters that I think – you can use with your partner if your partner doesn't share desire. We already kind of talked about like what does the behavior or interest mean to the individual, kind of what does it give your partner, or what is it about that thing that attracts them to it. We kind of talked about that. So starting a conversation with that, but I think that that can, you know, lean into what does it mean to your, and then what does it mean to the other partner? And Mm. what about this interest feels threatening? Does it feel like it's the main event? Does it feel like it's more important than true connection? Is there a way to integrate it into other aspects of the play? So basically, if you're looking for a certain feeling or experience, like maybe it's that um, you're able to let go of full control and give it to the other person. But maybe the way that you thought about doing that was not something your partner wanted to try. They're kind of pretty adamant about that. Okay, well, is there a way to let go of control? Feel like you're giving it to your partner in another
0: way. And you can achieve it elsewhere.
1: And you can achieve yeah. it elsewhere in your play. So that's a, a way, you know, to kind of bring it up. Um, and I think those are ways that like couples can kind of uh, can begin talking about some of these things.
0: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think that's a good good place to kind of wrap things up too and yeah. just, you know, here's our consensus. Here's our discussion, our consensus. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I would be curious, uh, anybody else who like wants to kind of like slide into our DMs, slide into Brooks DMs, um mm-hmm. with with any other thoughts. I think there's also like probably a ton of rabbit holes that we can do some follow-ups on here.
1: Yeah. And I guess one other little um like golden nugget that I would just like to drop in that I think we <laughs> didn't get to was kind of when you're asking your question the question of like is this healthy as opposed to um, is this normal mm. um, that you can kind of where it just go <laughs> uh, oh here it is that you can kind of get into is um, you can look up Roger Libby's um, sexual health principles and. Uh, the World Health Organization has adopted something that's pretty similar, is one, is it consensual? We've talked about how part of consent is knowing what you want and being able to ask for it, too. Non-exploitative, so are you not leveraging your power um, to get what you want? Uh, honesty, you know, each person has their right to establish their own standards with a partner, and there's open and direct communication, which is different from transparency. Um, shared values that you're kind of, uh, on the same page of what you're getting from this, articulating what's okay, the meaning behind it, you know, are you pre- being protected from the things that you want to be protected from, online mm-hmm. pregnancy, SCI, HIV status, yeah. and pleasure is at least the intention to be mutual, mutually pleasurable. If yes, you're good
0: to go. <laughs> There you go. It's a wrap. Brooke, <laughs> where can people find you?
1: Um, I'm on Instagram. At, uh, my handle is most underscore babbling, as in babbling Brooke. Uh, full heads up, my Instagram looks like your grandmother made it. No offense uh, to anybody's grandmother. <laughs> I'm sure that somebody's grandma knows how to do Instagram way better than I do. <laughs> um Yeah, that's a great place to find me.
0: Um, I love it. You can find me at Maria R. Carlson anywhere. Um, You can find us at Swipe and the City across all platforms. Thanks for listening and cheers.